Welcome to the Husk Guys Podcast. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to uh, this week's Husk Guys Podcast. Uh, I'm super pumped. We got a very special guest. Dan Lust is coming on the show for us today. Um, we're starting off a new uh, off-season series here, focusing a little bit more on the uh, business side of college sports, the dramatically changing landscape from everything from NIL to concessions to fundraising. Uh, we'd love to just learn more about it. And there's no one better than, than Dan uh, in the industry right now. Dan is, uh, we've known each other for a long time. We've gone through everything from, and Dan, I'm going to blow, blow you up here, but Dan was one of the reasons that we started and played football in, uh, during the COVID years. He was certainly one of the reasons behind it, uh, of kicking that thing off. He's been the legal, brilliant mind behind so many different things um, around NIL, around the business of college sports. Uh, you should definitely follow him across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere where he exists. Follow his podcast as well. Uh, search for Sports Law Lust. Um, but anytime you have a question on Sports Law, Dan's a guy. Uh, so Dan, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us today. We really appreciate you coming on. That was a fantastic introduction. I uh, I will fact check you uh, on one thing. I don't know if I saved the Big yes, Ten, but I certainly was, I think, the loudest saying that Nebraska players saved the Big Ten season. So I didn't that do works. anything. I, but I, in my before I knew any a single one of you guys that bleeds red and and you know uh, black shirts and all the fun stuff that I've fallen into with Nebraska. I independently, as this schmo New York lawyer, read that lawsuit, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure Nebraska saved the season. And then this, uh, what I thought was a very niche take that nobody would care about, um, one state in particular really cared about that take, and uh, blew up. You know, then I was introduced to all of you crazy people. Yeah, well, it's it's funny because we needed someone like you because we are insane. <laughs> and we were like just screaming into a vacuum, like we should play football. Yeah. We should right. play football. And then finally, you gave this, us like, legitimacy. Yeah, voice of reason sure came over the top. Like, actually, I think we should play football. I was like, yeah. <laughs> do, do you want to do this here? I don't. I don't want to ruin off your your outline for the show here, but I, I have some thoughts here. It's probably. I'm playing this within our, our Nebraska friends circle. Well, I, I mean, awesome. I would love to start. It's one of my first questions because you're sure. you became an adopted son of Nebraska. Did it start there? You Did it start during that time, like when we adopted you as one of our own? I'll tell you exactly where it happened. Um, so I had that take. So I guess a couple things. Um, I've done this a couple times, and I, I think you, you kind of see my feed. I picked my spots. Um, so that was like, I'm trying to think what year that was. That was, I don't know, 20, 20. 2020. Um, yeah. I picked my spots. So like now, I guess I wear a couple different hats. Now I, I have have clients and I have different people and different interests. So like, I, I try to be a little bit safer on social media, but I still, you know, save those takes for the podcast. But like, there was a period of time where if there was a big lawsuit, I would file follow it like it was a prize fight. So something big would come up, they're filing the complaint, the response, the TRO. People, I, I gained about, I don't know if this is taboo, I did my research, I don't think you guys dislike each other. Um, Tennessee, I have a lot of followers in Tennessee now because I was following this uh, temporary yeah, training. Watch it very closely, and I see them writing. They're like, "Follow this guy, Sports Us. We love him." GBO, and I'm like, "What is GBO?" And then I'm like, and I looked it up. Go big orange, and I'm like, "Go big no, orange." No, go big, go big red. GBR, so baby. Yeah, G GBR, GBO <laughs> is out. GBO is out. Um, no, but I I followed that lawsuit very closely, completely on the outside. Tom Mars, who you guys know from that space, you know, I had him on my podcast talking about the Big Ten issues, but it wasn't Nebraska. It was, you know, Illinois families filing that letter, and, and there was a number of schools involved. Dave Portnoy going after Michigan with the chancellor voted. It was everybody. And then once I started following that Nebraska lawsuit, I came to my own conclusion, and I was getting some Nebraska followers, but my own conclusion that this Nebraska players lawsuit was filed. They were looking for text messages from Kevin Warren and all these different chancellors. And then that lawsuit is withdrawn. And then like a couple hours later, the Big Ten is like, I know we said we wouldn't revisit this decision, but we're going to revision it and revisit it. And we're gonna also going to get rid of this lawsuit. So I'm like, it seems to be related. So anyway, I gave this take and then, um, you know, I started getting more Nebraska followers. And I'm like, okay, I like these Nebraska people. <laughs> And uh, the gist of the story, and this is really it, uh, Paul Feinbaum had some stupid uh, seg segment on the show that was like, Nebraska shouldn't, I think the game was the Wisconsin game that was canceled in that 2020 season. Mm -hmm. And Wisconsin, I think, or Nebraska had found Chattanooga as like a replacement opponent. 
yeah. And I'm like, and right, they said we couldn't do it. Let's yeah. play. Let's Chattanooga, Nebraska. Like, sounds good. It's football. Sure. And and Feynman was like, Nebraska's crybabies. They came up with these rules, and now they're going against these rules. And I'm like, Nebraska saved college football. They're not crybabies. If anything, they saved the season. So none of these games, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Chattanooga, Ohio State, Michigan, none of them would happen but for Nebraska. And then uh, I went to sleep, and I woke up with like 5,000 more followers, and I'm like, it happens quick in in, yeah. in Nebraska Twitter, and Once I think we've got our teeth into yeah. Yeah, and I think I think Tennessee Twitter actually I think they operate on a similar, similar like very similar, similar volume of like once we like you, it's like oh cool now I'm going to listen to every podcast you've ever had, and also I'm going to follow you, and also like I'm going to know what your family's names are. Like it's psychotic, like nature like that. But I was adopted first, okay, hey, by Nebraska, so I, I'm very clear that I am in. I believe if you cut me open right now, red would come out. Hey, that's what we like. <laughs> For most people, that's the case. So <laughs> from from that point forward, and this is so then we've. It's funny because I was looking back at our, our our DMs and our text exchanges over the years of. I needed your help there to save uh, the Big Ten because the Huskies was a big part of like we wanted to play football the entire time. And then the collective stuff started popping up in um, the NIL world. And I was looking for free legal help and you kindly <laughs> obliged. And uh, yeah, so everybody out there, there's a free lawyer on the internet who can solve all your problems. Don't say that. Don't say uh, that. <laughs> just kidding. But uh, I just had questions about like how these collectives were forming and NIL. And it's one of the things I love your perspective on because it's one of the things that directly led to us launching um, Pipeline Jerky, which you can't see on the screen. But um, Pipeline Jerky for us was uh, a way to take advantage of collective fan base in Nebraska. How can we help? Uh, how can we help the program? It's, you know, NIL for me, as I've seen it, is a way for Nebraska to catapult back on top of college football by taking advantage of the collective fan base across, you know, the passionate fan base that you've seen. And so for, you know, seven bucks a bag, everybody can directly contribute back to the program. And so I think there's businesses like these popping up, there's collectives popping up, but I guess for you, since you're like right in the thick of it and, you know, position yourself brilliantly as the NIL lawyer for, for the lay people who maybe aren't paying as close of attention as all of us are, take us from like when this first started to today of like, it started and it was sort of a wild, wild west, and then bring us all the way forward to today where there's lawsuits, Tennessee's getting in trouble. We don't really know what's going on and like we'll then eventually move forward to you know what happens after this but we'd love your take on from start to finish like where are we at right now so i'm gonna i also have to fact check you on one thing there people in nebraska are not lay people you guys are college sports <laughs> fanatics like in yeah. new york we are lay people some of us <laughs> that's why my practice somewhat stands out in the northeast but anybody and everybody in nebraska and i and i came last year coincidentally for the wisconsin game which that's right. We're not going to talk that. about that. I saw that. I saw that. I lost we'll a lot of money. I lost we'll, a lot get of you, money. we'll get you a win at some point. <laughs> at some point. Um, and I, my stomach left somewhat unhappy with the three runs as I ate, but that's a story. No, they're that. good, though. Um, Should have told you to stick to two. They're good, they're good coming in. They're good coming in. But um, <laughs> but I guess, yeah, so I, I think you said this in the bio. So I, I am also a sports law professor that was kind of born out of all of this. So every semester, I just finished doing it. I, I teach two days on NIL, how we got from point A, how we started with the Board of Regents College Football Association case, which is a case for your, your older listeners, all the way to the Alston case. Board of Regents is the first, I mean, the time before this that the college sports went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court said, you, as these the NCA, you can't tell the schools what to do. If the schools want to have the Big Ten Network and the SEC Network, like you can't tell them not to and have one NCA station. So that case was a case in the 80s, followed by Oklahoma, Georgia. You know, it's it was just a case really like, you know, people are going to listen to this. They know state rights versus like federal government rights. That was a case, schools versus NCA. So that framework has been worked out. The schools won. The schools prospered. And that's why we have all these different networks. Okay. So as we move ahead, that was a chipping away of the NCA's power about what they were and weren't allowed to do. Now, with respect to what this NCA could do on athletes, it wasn't as clear. The NCA had this weird model of what we call amateurism that basically said we want our athletes to focus on, you know, getting their degree and don't focus on sports. So don't even make a nickel or else you lose your eligibility. It was a very intense system of punishment um, and kind of combing through 50 years very quickly. If you made a penny off of yeah. your name, image, and likeness that you, you put an Instagram post up, and someone paid you a penny, you're declared academically or athletically ineligible. Um, 
there was, I'm sure you guys have seen and your listeners have seen the, the Johnny, uh, Johnny Menzel, uh, Netflix, you know, Fantastic. whatever it is. Fantastic. There was a number in there. And I make my, I have a fun class. I'm a fun professor. I ask my students, I don't ask them to read textbooks. I say, watch this documentary. So <laughs> I, I, I come, they come into class. And Dave Andrew, I'm going to test you. Johnny Menzel sells a ton of jerseys that year. There's a number, the source is the documentary. I have no idea if this is true. How much money did Johnny Menzel generate in terms of jersey sales? Okay. Over, I, I, over I don't remember the, remember the jersey sales, but I remember the fundraising. The fundraising they did, they, the fundraising was in the hundreds of millions on his back. The number is hundreds of millions. Yeah. So Johnny Menzel was not allowed to make that money. And Johnny Menzel's career went a different way because he was always, quote unquote, running from the police because everyone was always after him in every way, shape, or form. So by the time he got to the pros, the guy was exhausted from being a martyr. So we fast forward, you know, not that long, like a decade. And now we're in a world where, and, and this part, uh, you know, I think is helpful. Nothing really happens on that front um, until 2019. California passes something called pay to, uh, the Fair Pay to Play Act. And that was, if you can generate third party right. revenue, so like, yeah. you know, uh, we'll say like a used car salesman or, uh, you know, whatever, some booster pays you money and it's not coming from the school's pocket and it's a new revenue stream, that's all good. And under state law, your school, the NCA, your conference, they can't punish you. That's what pay to play was. It didn't speak about revenue sharing with schools. It said if you can find your own source of revenue and it's not taking away from the conferences by all means, that a version of that gets passed uh, in really, we'll say half the country. And um, we got really until June of 2021. And we weren't quite sure if the NCA was going to fight the states or if they were going to just say, okay, like this is the new rules, everyone, you know, everyone can get paid. Um, and what happened in June, um, which is important, the case goes up to the Supreme Court, NCA versus Alston, which is taught in my class, it's taught in every sports law class around the country. And it said that, yes, remember that case, Board of Regents, when we said the NCA can't control the schools, and that was bullshit, the NCA lost? Same thing, the NCA cannot control the players. These look a lot like employees, but we're not compensating them. And so you can't, it's not an employer-employee relationship, you can't tell them what to do. You can't tell them that they can't make money. Um, so that was really the dawn of the NIL era, which, um, you know, those, all those different states I was telling you about, they, that law became effective on July 1st. We expected the NCA to file temporary restraining orders, I guess we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but the NCA just let it go. And they go, okay, if July 1st, the law becomes effective. Don't worry. Um, and they said a lot without saying anything. No one was punished. No one was, you know, uh, we'll talk about some punishments recently, but for about two years, like no one, but nothing, yeah, nothing, zero. Yeah. The NCA, they, they got rid of Ember, they get, they, they bring in Charlie Baker, nothing happened. So, you know, to, and, I, and I, I know I'm going for a while, but it's a complicated landscape. But that's that's what got us to where we are today. This weird winding road of the states, the Supreme Court ruling twice, and the NCA being really on uneasy footing on a legal level. Like, can they exist? Do they have any power? The Supreme Court says no. But here the NCA exists. So where is that that push and pull between the two? Yeah. And so then talk us through like, so there's the formation of collectives, which now seems to be the standard practice is there's collectives of each school, there's sponsorships that go through, there's opportunities like pipeline jerky that exists to, to benefit the players. But like now Tennessee's in trouble for, you know, some combination of that. And other schools are sort of getting, you know, Florida State's in a little bit of trouble. I mean, talk us through how now now the NCAA is trying to backtrack on some of that. It's you know freewheeling, free spending. Where where have these schools stepped over the line? Um, is there a drinking game for the podcast? The amount of references to pipeline jerky and holding up the bag. Yes, is that, is it? that should be. They're 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 a paid sponsor. They've we should theater. we should trademark uh, that's this drinking game. Guys, <laughs> every show I go on, I try to give just hold it up, just hold it up the entire episode. Yeah. Well, listen, it's a good game. We could be getting uh, the listeners get a little drunk here. Everybody, everybody eats. Fun. Everybody eats jerky. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great question and, and I, you know, I always enjoy having it. This was the landscape as we got into, and it's a great question. July 1st, 2021, nothing really happens. There's like a blip on the radar. The Cavender twins get a little bit punished. Miami women's basketball, like, but the NCAA is like, it's not yeah. an NIL punishment. So you can, I can make the argument right here. And I tell my students for about two and a half years until January of 2024, no punishments, none. no NIL punishments. Despite the right. fact that on the NCA's books to this day, you can't pro improperly induce someone to transfer schools by the offer of money. Like if someone's listening to that, they're like, wait, isn't that like what's happening right now? And what's happened for the last two and a half years? It's like, I mean, 
the, the short answer is that's what it seems to be. Um, so there's a concept in the law that I've, I've had in these conversations called acquiescence um, or this concept called like latches. It's the same concept. Acquiescence is like you're not saying yes to something, but your lack of actions, your lack of any objection will make it seem like you're OK with what happened. So as a lawyer, I can make the argument two and a half years ago by you didn't punish anybody for anything. I'm going to make the argument that you have said this is fine. You're okay with it. You haven't wrote a little stupid NCA memo on an NCA letterhead. We agree with it, and everyone's off the hook. Everyone's got to get a jail-free card, but like your actions kind of said that. And this concept of latches, any lawyers who listen to this, you know, so I, I went to law school, got my GED. You can't wait so long to then voice your objection to something. It's a similar concept, but that's why there are non-lawyers out there saying, like, isn't this really unfair that the NCA is punishing? Or wants to punish Tennessee for stuff that happened in 2021. It, the lawyers have thought about it. It's come up and the law recognizes this concept that there might not be a specific deadline by which, you know, you can't uh, bring a voice and objection. Like some you guys, Andrew, Dave, you know, the statute of limitations. You ever heard of this concept? Of course. There's a deadline to sue. But this concept of latches is just like, yeah, there might not be a deadline, but it's really unfair to bring this up. And it causes great prejudice to the party when you literally want to reach back into the past and punish them for something that we all thought was fine. So that's the landscape we're in now. And that's why I think lawyers, for the most part, are aligned with fans of all schools that what happened in 2021-2022, it's not even really relevant to what the landscape is today. So why are we why are we trying to punish for it? Yeah. So what, I mean, Tennessee seems like they're going to get away. I mean, it's not get away. That's not I don't know about that. Up. You don't think so? Oh, really? I mean, everything I've seen, it seems like it's now you think there, there's potential like ramifications to it. Well, get away with what? Get away with the actual investigation or get away with the, the winning their, their legal case? Uh, that's probably the wrong phrasing. And I'll, I'll be I'll be precise because we're in the presence of a lawyer. Um, no. Will there be will there be punishment <laughs> for the issues they're experiencing right now? So here's the thing, right? They filed a temporary restraining order. Um, and I guess this is, this is what we'll get to here. So the, the lawsuit, Tennessee is, this is the interesting part. Tennessee is not punished. Florida State received a punishment. Miami received a punishment, a negotiated resolution, whereby they agreed to the jurisdiction of the NCA. And I'm sure there were some smart lawyers that said, you have no jurisdiction. Florida law allows this. And the NCA said, well, if you want to take that to court, uh, hypothetically, Miami said, no, we'll take a slap on the wrist, punish the Cavender twins, have a nice day. We'll live in, don't punish football, don't punish men's basketball. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Um, Florida State, okay, slap on the wrist, coach drove somebody allegedly, you know, drove a recruit to, um, you know, to a collective, slap on the wrist, whatever. Okay, now we had two big announcements that occurred also in January. Florida University is also under investigation and Tennessee is yeah. under investigation. So if, if you've heard the four schools I mentioned, only one is outside of the state of Florida. So the Florida Attorney General might not have had an appetite to take this to court. It's possible. That's one logical reading of it. The first time and then yeah. a public investigation leaves the state of Florida, Tennessee's like, let's go. We are not accepting your jurisdiction. We're not taking a negotiated resolution. Um, so we haven't had this happen. Do, do we think that the NC is going to win or lose? I, I think it's too early to tell. Um, but to, to the point that I wanted to at least give you credit for, there is no punishment yet. Yeah. So the NCA might be like, you know what? We're really scared of you, Tennessee Attorney General. Like, we're going to go pick on like North Dakota or like, you know, yeah. uh, North Carolina, sure. some other state. And I want to say North Carolina because they they were pretty aggressive with the Tez Walker situation with the wide receiver. But they might find right. another state to do this, in. or maybe they they just go back to Florida and they're like, hey, um, your Attorney General doesn't not doing anything. We're gonna we're gonna dig you, Florida. So yeah. I, I'm not to say that Tennessee is going to get out. But the NCAA might choose not to proceed with it as opposed to winning and losing. It's possible. What's so then I guess where do you think it goes from here, right? And I think um, you know, a two a twofold question of this feels like there's at least a moment happening now where there's some guardrails being put in place. So as you look out over the next year, the next like major rulings that may come down, one, what do you think is gonna happen? Two, if you are a school like Nebraska or any school out there, like how do you position yourself for what's coming down the pipe from, um, you know, the legal side. So it's interesting. Um, and, and I will say, you know, and if I didn't say this, full disclosure, like I work, I work with a number of schools. I work with a number of collectives. Um, I work with agents, I work with NIL businesses. So this ecosphere I'm very familiar with, and it is a fragile one. Um, it, it is a, 
complex one. And to Dave, to your your question, it's like, um, and we this hasn't come up, but like New York's law is different than Nebraska's NIL law. Um, the requirements to be a registered athlete agent in the state of Louisiana are different than they are in the state of New Jersey. There is a completely fragmented landscape across so many different levels. So yes. if we were talking about the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball, there is one set of lawyers that you know collectively bargains on behalf of the owners. And there's another set of lawyers that represents all the players on all the teams. You don't have these different fragmented landscape of teams and sports. You have a very clear set of what it is required to be a major league baseball registered athlete agent, right? Those are all clear concepts, um, and they don't really re rely on state law. So, you know, I, I think this is going to be somewhat of a cop out to the question, but you'll, you'll I, I think, appreciate this. In this landscape, you have to be fluid. You cannot act in absolutes. You cannot say we are, you know, like the Pac-12 a year ago existed. They don't exist anymore. You have to be ready to consider all options at any point in time. If at one point, right. you know, I'm sure I, I made the joke, like the alliance was between like the Big Ten, the SEC, and the Pac-12. So good. We won't poach each other, but like <laughs> we're also not going to sign a contract. Like Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore, yeah. and yeah. we're UCLA and, and USC. So you, I almost think you got to like, like constantly look over your shoulder, leave no stone unturned and look out for the best interest of your school right now until, and this is, people hate when I say this, but I, I believe this right now, there is no sheriff in town, right? People don't respect yeah. the sheriff. It feels like a problem. It is. I mean, that's, that's why people, people give me pushback on this term, but I, I mean it. The wild, wild west is the term given when there is no sheriff and people are just vigilante justice and, you know, going into duels with each other yeah. and taking 10 paces and shooting each other in the head. That's, <laughs> That's the world you're in. So you have to arm yourself with the right lawyers, the right you know pieces, the right the strong collectives, and you can't rely on there being quote unquote law and order um, for the time being. So the people that say, "Hey, I'm not going to do anything in NIL," there's some schools that say this, D3 and D2 schools, some some lower school one schools like, we don't need anything. Don't worry, the NCAA will will instore order, and all the schools that kind of you know started doing this before it was allowed, they'll get in trouble. Like. I'm not convinced that's happening either. Um, so I think you just have to, you know, to the best of your ability, rely on state law when it allows you to do certain activities. Um, if there's a conflict between the NCA and, and a state, you got to, you know, hit, hit up your the local lawyer, hit up the, the school's GC and make an educated guess. But there are no absolutes in the space and very much a, a moving goalpost. Um, but that's that's why my phone stays busy because these questions yeah. are very complicated. Yeah. So the other prominent case going on right now too is that is the Dartmouth athletes, mm -hmm. and you know trying to unionize, and then ultimately they were deemed, yeah, you guys can be employees of the school. The school there's enough of an employee relationship here between the with the athletes. That feels like it also opens up floodgates. And so speaking of like protecting your own or going or saving your own school, could lawyers in Nebraska right now basically say? Yeah, we're going to file that exact same thing and we're going to make you all employees of the school right now. I mean, is that in, do you feel like that's going to happen across the country or does this have to happen at a federal level or? So here's, and, and we should probably, for those that aren't following the Dartmouth case, I think it's, it's, you could tell me, I, I think the Tennessee case is really important because it's that the NCA's power, if they have any power to punish anyone, if they are even eligible to be the sheriff. I know we're, it's, we're getting close to a voting year to be voted to be sheriff. Yeah, right. They might not even be in the equation. They might not even be on the ballot. Yeah. But the question for Dartmouth is another. You've got my vote. Is an interesting, maybe. maybe. Did you say you vote for the NCA? No, you're the sheriff. Oh, I'm the sheriff. Okay, good, good. Okay, so. Congrats. Um, no, the, the, the Dartmouth case is a separate one. It's a case more about player empowerment. If the players want to unionize, yeah. you be able to let right. them. Um, and there are a lot of people in the space that just say all these issues would be resolved. And, and I'm, I'm certainly not saying this because I, I represent collectives. You guys are, are you know, in that collective space as well. Let's get rid of the collectives and let's just make all the schools make the payments directly. Now, um, is mm -hmm. that a logical alternative? It, it's possible. But the college sports ecosphere, if you believe the NCA and the schools, it, you know, maybe football and basketball, excuse me, could be unionized. But what does that mean for the other sports? If you pull like in, in the professional level, 
like the television revenue and, and gambling revenue and video game revenue, those are all split, right? Those don't all go to the schools. On the current landscape and what has been a landscape yeah. of college sports for 50 years plus, those two sports by and large make the money and the athletic department sprinkles the rest of the money across all the other departments. Those are other sports of which most, if not all of them don't make money. And we support all those sports. So Nebraska volleyball is certainly not one of those sports, but volleyball programs at other schools might, might fit that bill. Um, so if you do that, like if I'm a, a, a father of a Nebraska football player, like, yeah, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. Like let's get, mm -hmm. let's get the money to my kid. Is that big, big 10 contract? Let me split that with my kid. Yeah. I'm the father of a, uh, a basketball player. I would say that, but in terms of the overall athletes at the, you know, division one level, minority of which are football and basketball players. So that's not a popular decision. So when, when, and I, I guess I don't want to lose this point. Dartmouth basketball unionizing is the equivalent mm -hmm. of like the New York Yankees unionizing and no one else in the AL East or any other team in Major League Baseball unionizing. Just one team is out there for themselves. It doesn't lend itself right. to what we'll call like uniformity in, in labor relations. Um, and when we talk about unionizing, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with, in the history of our sports, we've had labor, you know, lockouts, we've had strikes, and people refusing to play or allow people to play because they, they're demanding something. So could Dartmouth basketball, and it looks like they're, they're going to follow through and do it. The players are saying they're going to create an Ivy League association. Does the NCAA want to wait for other states to file those suits outside of the Ivy Leagues? Or do they want to preemptively get ahead of it? Or does a school want to preemptively get ahead of it? Or to take a football term here, like you just want to punt the ball and wait for someone to figure it out. Yeah. Um, it's the Dartmouth one. You can make the case very easily that it's the biggest case because it forces the NCA to think about this union question and forces schools to think about what it would look like if money's off the table. Dartmouth basketball in terms of, if any Dartmouth alums are listening, I'm sorry. Dartmouth <laughs> basketball is like here. Okay. Nebraska ball is above Dartmouth basketball. Yeah, um, yeah baby. But we got to wait for, for a real player it. here. USC looks like it's probably the one to make this move. But USC football um, is also in front of the NLRB right now as we speak. So maybe that's the domino. But we're not, it's a scary one, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah, super interesting. Dan, I'm going to be respectful of your time. I promise you a hard 30. Um, so I'm going to ask you one more question and then we'll uh, let you get out to your actual paying clients uh, outside of this uh, podcast. Nice <laughs> we do appreciate you coming on. So here's my, my final question is, I mean, you've worked across, you work a lot across a lot of collectives, across a lot of athletes. Like how, how have you seen the best schools and fan bases align themselves around this type of a clause? Like what are the, or around this cause, what are the things that they're doing so that they can take advantage of all of these new changes in, in the college sports landscape? You know, I, I guess I have a, a good example for you guys, and, and Nebraska is certainly capable of that. I've seen I've seen you guys mobilize very quickly. I remember where when uh, Nebraska was a thing. You know, you, yeah. you guys pop up on a lot of yeah, the national man. radars. Volleyball, filling out stadiums. You know, I I, I want to give you guys credit. You have that DNA. We spoke about Tennessee having that DNA. Florida State has that DNA. It, it, it exists in pockets around the country. Um, I'll give you an example, one that I I think is helpful. Um, uh, are you, and I mentioned it very briefly. Are you familiar with the Tez Walker situation with UNC? Yeah. Tez Walker was a guy that yeah, was denied the ability to transfer. Mac, he was yeah. in theory going to be a, I don't know where we'll go in the draft, but people are saying a fairly high regarded wide receiver in his final year of eligibility. Transferred to UNC. UNC sent the paperwork up to the NCAA like, hey, this guy transferred in, good to go, right? And the NCAA is like, not so fast, my friend. Yeah. Oh course for you guys and um the nca said no we're not allowing him to transfer because he he transferred too many times he transferred to a school that the thing canceled with COVID. it doesn't really matter but that was a case where the nca put their foot down and they said no i understand that there's been this one-time transfer rule but we're we're closing that door right now and it starts here with tez walker um mac brown popped on a number of big podcasts i think he was on the barstool network i saw his name in a couple different places um and, you know, obviously I saw on Twitter and I don't really see Tar Heel Twitter ever, but I saw it very loud, you know, and, and really pushed this particular issue. And what happened is it became, and I'm, you guys know I'm not a political person, but I, I call it when I see it. It became a political issue whereby North Carolina's attorney general said, you know what, let me, let me actually get involved here. Yeah. So on a political level, that's where these things happen. The attorney general's office, you could certainly move the needle on a case and for Tesla Walker, North Carolina Attorney General wrote a letter to the NCA 
essentially inviting a lawsuit. And guess what happened? The NCA backed out. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this, and, and we'll keep it for Nebraska, but this is really applicable to any any fan base that's listening to this or, or that you know is, you need to tell a friend. Um, right now, clarity, for better or for worse, is going to lie at the federal level. Um, you have the conference commissioners asking for it. I, I certainly like to think that I am aware of the different trends in the space, but if you tell me, you know that um, you know Greg Sankey over in the SEC thinks that we need some form of federal legislation to save the current landscape of the NCA, uh, I am certainly not one to disagree with him. Um, but the way that there is pressure to have a federal law is that same momentum that led Tennessee's attorney general to file that lawsuit, that led North Carolina's attorney general lawsuit. Um, I am not sensing that level of push on a federal level. Now, certainly, again, don't want anyone to read anything. Do I think we need a federal law? Not really. But if the leaders of college sports at the tippy top think that they want to preserve some semblance of order and they think it needs to come from the federal government to basically wipe out these state specific laws. And we just and I I know this is the final question, but, I, you know, right now, Nebraska, Hawaii, Alaska, New York, the drinking age is 21 because that's a federal law. It doesn't mean that it's the right law. Like I might I'm not going to admit this, but hypothetically, I might have had some drinks when I was 18. Yeah. I, I didn't. I'm still allegedly. You know what I mean? Like I'm still existing on this earth. It wasn't like the worst thing in the world. So a federal law, it might not be the right thing to do. Some state might have a better law than a different state, but it cleans mm -hmm. this up. And if we're really concerned about having yeah. fair battles and recruiting, um, and we're worried about international athletes getting paid, like the federal government is where this would be decided. And as much as, and I know there are going to be some lessons like Dan is the shill. He wants a federal law. I'm like. I don't, but I also want to reserve some semblance of what I understand to be college sports, and that's a national championship. Yeah. And if you're going to have a national championship, you have to have some level of uniformity across the nation, be it the NCA enforcing what their national rules are, or a national law. You can't have a fair national championship without some semblance of one or the other. So. Um, there are politicians that are paid to figure out these issues. I'm paid to analyze the laws as they come out. Um, if somebody wants to hit me up and and uh, I can consult on it. I've, at one point, I was involved with the federal stuff, but they don't pay you for that. So I'm like, let's not. Um, <laughs> All good, Dan. But, uh, yeah, I'm certainly more than more than happy to. But but the answer is we need to apply. If people are purists are worried, you got to apply a little bit of pressure on the, on the on the lawmakers. That's where it'll come from. Love it. Hey, we can put a ton of pressure. We're good at that. We're good at raising hell. We're good at building up uh, a ton of uh, inner. <laughs> it's, it's, it's what we got. The Big Ten. It's, we got the Big Ten back. We got Kevin Warren out of there. We've done. We've done a lot of uh, of hell raising on on the. I internet. have some Kevin Warren takes of which I think you're familiar uh, with because I saw you going through my feed. Yeah. I have. I've had some. Kevin yeah. Warren's a lot of them. Oh, yeah. And now he's in Chicago, and all my friends in Chicago are like, get this guy out of here. I'm like, I told you. I told you. The guy. Let's, let's watch, <laughs> the, cancel football. watch them mess up the Justin Fields situation. Oh, oh they're going to mess it up so badly. Um, anyway, before we get to that, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. Adopted Husker, as always. We really appreciate you coming on. Great stuff. We got some pipeline jerky drink headed your way. Um, oh, wait. I'm hearing news. Wait, wait. It, this is just in. I've been declared the official right. lawyer of the podcast. I just, it's for me. Okay. <laughs> Bill's in the mail. Thanks for coming on, Dan. We appreciate it. Everybody go follow sports. Uh, great stuff on, uh, on Twitter. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate you. Thank you, Dan. My pleasure guys. Hot take. What'd you think of that? Man, he was awesome. He's a really good speaker. He's a great, uh, Professor, I kind of want to go to law school just so I can take his classes on NIL now and, and learn more and, and get us a national championship. But uh, that's just it's just not going to happen. So I'll keep podcasting, I guess. But um, no, I think the biggest thing, obviously, that thing in our lives comes back to um, how is Nebraska positioned and just how how does this like I, I see all the national cases. I see everything that's going on. But how is this going to impact Nebraska football? Like that's that's issue one a in our lives pretty much most of the time and and our children but those two and i think i hear it and the overall take is that everything went from basically so much regulation to no regulation to now the ncaa doesn't know where they are putting oh, god that's bad timing should probably put that on 
now yeah, NCAA I mean, doesn't totally know what its own role is. And so now you've got the federal level, the state level, and then you've got like the NCAA. And the NCAA is basically getting chipped away and chipped away and chipped away at. And then Nebraska is here. And initially we're on the forefront of NIL. It was really just because we had people on our side that were kind of seeing this, like they were seeing the the one, two, five year landscape and kind of saying, this is going to happen. And, but it, we need to be ready. And so, you know, with Blake Lawrence and people at like Open Doors, I think we all know them doing a great job of just getting out in front and saying, hey, like you can build your own brand now and you can be a Nebraska athlete and you can build yourself up and you can be financially rewarded now. It's going to happen. Um, let's be ready for it. And so we were on the forefront and now schools are catching up pretty quick. And where I guess that hearing all things Ultimately, I think what ends up happening is there's going to be a huge landmark sweeping changes, all of this different stuff. But hearing Dan kind of talk about like, yeah, maybe something happens at the federal level or maybe not. Maybe not. Ultimately, what's going to happen is that the schools with money are the schools with money. Like, I, I just I can't help but get over that. Like, Nebraska is going to stay Nebraska. Tennessee is going to stay one of the, the premier programs, Alabama will, Georgia will, Michigan will, Ohio State will, like all these big brands are so big that I just refuse to see that the sport can die and that they can that way. And so I know you've got more experience, I guess, in the in the NIL space and pipeline jerky and everything, but where do you see Nebraska? Uh, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's a good point. I mean, I think that's where it is interesting from a, um, he, he said it exactly where like, I think everybody's waiting for the federal government to come in and step in and make a sweeping change or something. And it might come and it might not. And I do think there's that element that I was kind of like asking him some leading questions on how you like, how do you stay ahead of it? I think you just like, he a answered in the right way. It's like, you just have to be fluid. You just have to keep just doing stuff. You just ride the wave. Yeah. Well, you, 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 just you, you know, it's like, wave. hey, it's like whether it's pipeline jerky or launching a collective or raising money or just launching open doors or something, it's almost like you can do whatever you want within the bounds of of it without being egregious. Um, but you can just act, 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 act. It's sort of this like bias for action of you can, you know, do the sponsorship. And like the only, I think Tennessee is getting investigated because it's like, wait, you gave a kid $8 million? Like how could you can't just give just a lot? Yeah, you can't just give away eight million dollars. You know, I think everything, Something everything else off. up until that point has been like, yeah, it makes sense that you know Olivia Dunn makes. Was that her name? Where is it? Um, yeah, Libby. Libby Dunn is yeah. making um, you know three million dollars, but it makes sense because she's like a powerful like brand, and she's able to do that. But like this kid is seventeen, and you're like, wait, he's not quite Libby Dunn. He's um, you know, he's not really a brand in himself. How can you just give this guy a million dollars? So. You know, that's the stuff that like trips the, you know, that that's going to trip off the rules and regulations committee. But I think you're right. I don't know. I, that's where I like, I keep hearing about legal changes that are going to happen. Yeah, but legal I, changes and federal changes take decades, you know, and it's right. like, it's almost well, like if you can this win that, move fast. I mean, this, this one moved fast. Well, but no, but he even said that this started in 2018, didn't get passed until 2021. Sure. And now we're 2024 and we've had one objection. You know, and like, is it going to be another two to three years where I guess like, that's where I think you see the Tennessees and the Alabamas and the Georgias and they're just like breaking all the rules. They don't care. Miami, they're just like, whatever, we're just going to pay players until we get in trouble for it. That, yeah. that to me is like, there are so many people out there that are sprinting and are like, right. I don't care. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. I think the, the biggest, the biggest issue that I end up seeing with a lot of this is, um, you know, that is the schools that are maybe not well positioned. Like I think that Nebraska could, could our, you know, collective effort and everything be better. Yes. Could pipeline jerky be better? No, it's the best. <laughs> the, but the, the reality I think is that we, we probably have enough momentum and we have enough star power and staying power. It's the, you know, it's the wake forests and, yeah. and like, you know, BC, the alma mater, like, those schools that you're kind of like, gosh, they're they're not a huge figure in sports like they are, but you know, do they end up getting left behind? Like what? Like what if Alabama, Ohio State, and Notre Dame 
uh, in USC. They come together, some you know, whatever, and just say, we're going to make this coast-to-coast league, and it's outside the NCAA. We're still Alabama. We're still Notre Dame. We're, still... we're just going to make their own league. What are they going to do about it? They have that's that's the ultimate problem i think is is the dissolution of the ncaa who just is losing power and losing power and not that i love the ncaa by any means but the question becomes okay alabama's got its own school employees we're going to take our employees and we're going to go to this new organization and that's where you start to say who gets left behind in that process and I don't think Nebraska does. I think that we're pretty like well situated. I think the Big Ten is well situated. You see these power conferences that are well situated, but that's that's where you go from from NIL just like benefiting an individual to almost like schools trying to reclaim power. Yeah, and uh, that's that's gonna be interesting to follow well, here. It's, it's, it's like, why I'm like it's why I'm interested. like what if Nebraska goes? Hey, we want to be the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Players don't have to go to school. We're going to pay them. Like pros. And we're just going to license Memorial Stadium. We're just going to rent Memorial Stadium on Saturdays. Like, like what's to stop it? You know? Yeah. I mean, that, there's, that's, there's a million that's messy. But I think there's, there's messy parts. But I think you're, the point you're making is the one I believe in is that um, I think Nebraska is positioned brilliantly in this new world as long as we continue to stay at the forefront of it. Because when you have. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a rabid fan base that's willing to support you through up and downs. And like, as Dan is saying, it's like, it's not just raising money, it's supporting the players. It's getting court cases overturned. It's getting on the governor's radar. It's getting those things done. Like Nebraska is well positioned for that. And so are all the main Ohio States, Michigan's, you know, Tennessee's Florida States of the world. But I do agree. And that's where, that's, that's what I've been waiting for. And it's why it's like been frustrating. Cause I think maybe it's delayed, you know, it's like, how are we still losing games to Purdue and Northwestern who are, horribly positioned in this world, right? I mean, it, yeah. it's like Purdue, Purdue should never win another football game. Like they have no collective. They have no effort. They aren't paying any players. They don't have any sponsorship deals. Like Northwestern should never win anything. Illinois should be yeah. back well, to being. Not 14. to mention the mid-major teams. Well, right. It's But it's even like, you know, that to me is like, what's going to be the discrepancy is like, can we get back to like the, the most rabid fan bases and the blue bloods that support their team through through all of it? Will that discrepancy start and like Maryland goes to the bottom, Purdue goes, you know, the, the non-rabid fan support moves to the bottom of the conference where like the rabid fan support that's able to support and get the best players like the Dylan Rayolas of the world to your school because of combination of NIL and fan support. That to me is like, that's going to be putting us into a, another tier of the top, you know, the blue bloods of college football where, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the non-power fives, the non, you know, even the lower tiers of each conference I think they're going to struggle in that new world, um, but they're just, you know, they're doing fine now, but over five years, that to me is when like the dramatic flip will happen. Yeah. It, it is really wild to think about. I, I think that's just ends up being my biggest fear in it all is, is if you just have 65 teams that, that part from the NCAA entirely. Yeah. And, it's not that I love the NCAA. It's more just that I love the the parody. I love the I love when you know Iowa loses to North Dakota and yeah. uh, North Dakota State or whatever, and just random upsets that will occur throughout the sport. Um, and then just the entire idea of amateurism as well. Like I get that we're back, we're past that and beyond that, but it starts to get real strange if you start your employees now you're supposed to be in class but i don't know like at what point yeah. like they're just no longer college students and at, at, there is a point at which you can say we're paying you as an employee of the school but we're this isn't a scholarship well can they fire you that's <laughs> You know, it's like you're fired. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah, hey, we recruited you this that kick. Yeah, you're fired. fired. You know, I mean, that's true though. Know, it's like when you cut a kid from the team or whatever, is he fired? Like he doesn't get. You know, that's where like I think there's. It's yeah. also why all these court rulings are going to take forever. It's not as like you were saying. It's like Dartmouth is one. Dartmouth is one school, and but yeah. for them to make a rule that's going to exist for 130 schools, you have to get 130 schools on board 
and division one, division two, division three, like, Hey, Hey, all of a sudden, by the way, you're taking your endowment, you're paying players. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, we're not. Why would we do that? Crazy about the, the law world is so Missouri, for example, passed a lawsuit. I think this was in the last year where they could start, where high school players could start benefiting from NIL collectives mm -hmm. in, in high school. Like typically yeah. you can't until college, but now in Missouri. So now you have this like border war between states, right? That is like whose lawyers are willing to just pony up and and pass that law in their state so that their school can start doing the same thing. That That's what's messed yeah. up about it is that in Missouri, their laws now give them a recruiting advantage and their class is top 20. Now they just had a great year, but yeah. like you do wonder, yeah. shoot, I'm getting money as a junior and a senior throughout my, like, of course I'm going to stay strong to Missouri. Like I can't do that in other States. And so that's just another part of it where it's like, I wonder if Nebraska's lawyers are like, dang, this, this school down the road has a huge advantage over us. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, and that's, I don't know, that's, that's where I find this to be, you know, there's a ton of different, I think there's the we old need Governor Pillen back on the line right now. Oh, Is free right now? <laughs> hey. it's, it's where I feel like there's an element God, of, take care of this, buddy. For all of this, that's like, um, you know, I think, and why it's, it's frustrating or, you know, the old guard and why like, you know, Saban's retiring and so many of these guys like Chip Kelly's like, going to be the OC at Ohio State. He's just, a lot of these guys don't want to deal with this anymore. You know, they're either retiring or they're becoming coordinators and um, yeah. or doing things like that because it's it's so stressful. Kelly so, just took a $4 million a year pay Yeah, because he doesn't want to deal with it. But I think there's like, what, what I like about the whole world is it's it's free market capitalism in a lot of ways. It's like the, yeah. you know, you're, and that's where like, that's where it gets a little murky of like, if you're paying him as a player, like, how do you determine how much the quarterback makes? Like, you know, how do you determine how much everybody gets paid? We're yeah, like true market the, value. The free market, yeah. The true market value of this for like Tennessee, they're like, hey, we need the best quarterback in the country. And they go, yeah, got him. I guess that's yeah. the answer. Yeah, and they they went and got him. But the, you know, that that was the that was all of Tennessee's collective coming together and being like, I am sick of not being good at football. And we're gonna go get our guy. You know, and so like and that, you know, Nico probably had options from a ton of different schools. So there's that element of like, is is the University of Tennessee gonna go to Nico and say, Hey we would like you to come be employed here and we are going to pay you $64,000. Yes. You know, like, <laughs> what, they're not going to be like, Hey, we're going to give everybody else. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> You're going to be the highest paid person in the entire state. Like they're not going to just give him $8 million, you know? So that's where like a lot of this becomes, you know, the school isn't going to take out of their budget to pay a, a 17 year old college quarterback, $8 million. So I don't know. It'll be interesting how it all shakes out, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it is interesting to hear like the legal side of like I heard the same thing you heard of like, yeah, there's rules coming, but not really. <laughs> yeah, well that it's so messed up when there's that like nobody knows what the NCA does. Like no one really gets who they are anymore. They're they're right? like they like do like, commercials. Okay, it's weird. Federal laws, there's state and you know, city ordinance, whatever laws. And then the NCA is trying to do things, but the federal would trump that. And then there's the, it's like, yeah, what's what they're I, like trying I, to get these schools in trouble at the most random intervals. Yeah. And they give these weird slaps on the wrist. And then they give, you know, Tez Bryant way too harsh of like punishment yeah. out of thousands of players. You take a high profile receiver and put him on the bench because you can yeah. try example. It's just, they, they've lost their legitimacy and, and that's they're dangerous. They're on a dangerous, like slippery slope of like, of why do we exist anymore? Well, that, but that's what I think is it's as Dan was saying, like there's a, what it's, it's such a, to empathize with them for a second. Like it's not, it's so different than what he was talking about. I'm like the NFL has 32 teams, right? 30, 30, 32 teams, whatever. And like they have a commissioner and the yeah. NBA has a yeah. commissioner that runs all the teams and all the no, owners yeah. work for the commissioner and they all work all together. Right. This is like, you know, Trevor Alberts doesn't work for the NCA. You know, he works no, for what how it should be set is exactly what he said. You need a sheriff, you need a yeah. president, you need you need one guy who has a committee. The committee is the conference heads. Yeah. And the, the committee like they should share equal voting power. And they need to meet every single day and figure this 
Yeah, it's nuts. Like it's the conference heads that that need to be running the show, and right now they're basically trying to do that. Well, but, but they the, don't the actually have that power. The incentives don't align, though. That's where it gets tricky. Is like it's not just the conference because the conference heads think about their incentives. Their incentive is to put the best product on the field to get the best TV deal on the field, you know, to get the best TV yeah. out of the big 10 conference and to get the best players on the field and support the student athletes and like turn them into, you know, have, help them graduate and do all those things. Like that's where their heads at is for them to put the best product on the field. They have all these things. They're not thinking about like, how do we punish everybody? How do we put, yeah. how do we put laws in place? And how do we like, how do we tear down these institutions that are like cheating? They're like, okay, keep them in bounds. You know, let's get Michigan in the title game because if they make the title game, our big 10 deal is way bigger. And we make all, you know, it's like their incentives don't align with, you know, federal law cracking down on <laughs> illegal. Right. Well, I mean, Michigan got in their own trouble. They're well, like, right, no. NCAA is like, Did hang on, let's Did talk they? about that cheeseburger. That Did they though? Blah, blah. Yeah. No, like, of course, like, that's, that's the thing is, does the NCAA, like, are, have they completely lost their legitimacy? I mean, they just, I, yeah, I, I would love to like see inside of like, do they have? people like Dan that work there to have lawyers that are like, you know, smart lawyers that are trying to figure this out. Or are they like, back on. yeah. Are they just like, uh, you know, are they just like throwing things and they're like, yeah, get Michigan. And then the North Carolina kid. And like, I don't know. Yeah. Cause some of it's like obnoxious how much in their face it is. It's like, Hey, we're just, you know, Miami's just down. Like literally like recruits are posting pictures, like, you know, with stacks of cash. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, what are we not going to, we're going to go after, the North Carolina kid who just wants to transfer, yeah, not the not kid who's in like, a Ferrari. Not to mention, kid, like kids in a Ferrari. I mean, Bama running backs have been doing that for twenty years yeah. at least. Or like, <laughs> like, who's, the, had, like who's the fifteen who's cars? The, who's the Alabama kid that just transferred to Texas and on his recruiting visit is like in a Ferrari or whatever? And he's like, I'm, oh wait, no, he went to Texas. He went to Texas. Um, the wide receiver. Um, Shoot, I'm forgetting. Al the Alabama wide receiver transferred to Texas, and on his recruiting visit, he put up on Instagram. He's basically in like a Ferrari, and he's like, yeah, "Sorry, just, he was." He's like, basically whatever. like, "Sorry, to Alabama fans, I had to like make a business decision." Everyone's like, "Jesus, it's like so blatant." Yeah. You know, you did make a business decision, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, like you know, he phrases it as like, "This is going to help me get to the NFL." I was like, "Well, why are you in a Ferrari?" Yeah, good. Well, you can drive to interviews faster. <laughs> anyway, all right, good stuff. Um, good stuff. I don't know. We got a couple. So for those still listening. Appreciate you guys for sticking on. Um, we've got a couple more fun ones coming on. We're going to dive into a bunch of different sides of college sports. NIL is going to be probably pretty popular. Uh, we're going to have a few different folks coming on, talking about different business sides. Hopefully have some few folks from the university themselves coming in, talk to NIL, talk to concessions, fundraising, uh, media rights, licensing, just stuff that we find interesting. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for the next episodes. Appreciate everybody listening. Should be a good yeah. time. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. A Heard at Sports Network production. <laughs>